Yeah, we'll we're here right? for the, uh, after a long absence, we're here for episode number eight of the Gambit Stratagem podcast. Welcome everyone. Um, to my left is Tyler Hayda. That's me. Tyler, the new Tyler Hayda. And uh, to my right is Tony Spillaney. Hello. He's um, Italian. Ex- experts in their respective fields of both crossfitting and not having jobs. <laughs> we're, we're good at that. <laughs> We have a lot of free time. A lot of free yeah. time. Yeah. Um, Tony, <clears throat> give us a little bit of background on yourself. How did you end up here in my dining room? <laughs> so I um, started doing CrossFit training for football. My uh, personal trainer for football opened up a CrossFit gym, and I started there. Two years later, I opened my own gym in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I ran that for a year, sold out of that. Moved to Springfield, Missouri. What sort of gym? I owned a CrossFit gym, CrossFit Allendale in uh, Allendale, Grand Rapids. Okay, how how big was it? It was eighty five hundred square foot. That's fairly big. Yeah, we used about five five thousand of it ish, and I then thought you were gonna say five hundred. We used about we used about five thousand total. We used about thirty five hundred of gym space, and then there was about. 2,000-ish of office space that was always being used. So then there was roughly 3,000 that was not being used that we were hoping to expand at some point, which they're now doing, actually, so that's good. Um, From there, I met um, a CrossFitter down in Missouri, Jared Stevens, and we connected, and I moved down to his gym, CrossFit 417, and I trained there for a year, coached there, and then I met Kelly Jackson, Andrew's wife, and uh, just two, three months ago, I moved up to St. Louis, Missouri. And now I am training here full time and just started working at their gym, CrossFit Gambit. So that's my last four and a half, five years. Nice. We got to get Jared Stevens on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be so interesting. <laughs> he would That'd be sick. Uh, Tyler, tell us about yourself. Well, <clears throat> my, uh, my, history in CrossFit is not nearly that long. I started doing CrossFit about two and a half years ago um, across the river in O'Fallon, Illinois. And my brother was coaching at the gym and we were kind of looking for something new uh, and fresh. And we went into gaming one day and kind of never looked back. And that was in May, I believe. So of this joined. past year. And yeah, it's been May a, of 2016. Just a whirlwind romance. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We all we fell in love with it and it's amazing. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys want to talk about? So we co- we've covered a lot of stuff in the past from, uh, yeah, I guess I feel bad. I haven't, yeah, really I've only listened, listened to, to one. So training so, methodology. It's and Tony listened to Austin Maliolo, James Hobart yeah. this morning, which is tough. Where'd you guys do that? Tough to follow. It was up I in Boston. I, I like, was that the seventh episode lugged? Uh, I think it was episode five, actually. Oh, so I, at least I we're lugged, not following that. Up. Yeah, I lugged like all my gear up there. Yeah, it seemed like we were on a real, uh, a real sharp incline as far as podcast yeah. quality <laughs> went, and then it just—I think that's where we peaked. <laughs> Podcasting was going up, and then so, we quit. So we're like a last-ditch effort to kind of. <laughs> we had two pretty big deals on yeah. the podcast, uh, but yeah, I, I just like lugged all my equipment up there and thought, well, what the heck? I might, um, you know, Kelly was working out at Reebok, and I thought I might have a good opportunity to. Uh, interview some people and didn't get as many as I'd hoped. I, I wanted to, well, those are pretty, I wanted pretty to rip out guys. Yeah. I wanted to rip out like two or three podcasts, but I asked them after a training session and they were, they were both totally amicable. That's so sick, was yeah. there a lot of big names there that weekend? Um, well, right in the area, like James Hobart was in town. He travels a lot, but that's kind of his, his home base, I think is, is in that area. And then Austin works at uh, Reebok of course, and then owns another gym. Um, in that area. So we were at his other gym, CrossFit One Nation. And um, not too far from there, within within 45 minutes, is Spencer Hendel's gym. Mm. So Spencer I was hoping, Hendel. so we we trained with him a little bit, and I was hoping to catch him. He, I asked him, and he was all about it, and then he had Just some... Just didn't work out. I remember if he had like some wedding planning stuff or something going on. I can't remember so, what... So wait, Maliello owns his I was owns just going to say that. Do they... He, oh, man, he's got a sweet deal going. Do they own these gyms, or do they... Yeah, they're he, paid well, to run them. Reebok owns him, right? No, he's he's like a he's like a he has partners, but he owns the gym. It has totally not affiliated with Reebok, like it's quote unquote Reebok affiliated, but he doesn't. But Reebok doesn't like 
own any stake of it, but they, he like sells Reebok gear there. And I think he does sell some shoes there and everything, but I think he, yeah. he got one or two other partners and he put up money that he had earned at Reebok, I guess, okay. to open this other gym with another guy. Um, and still coaches it. Is he still at yeah, Reebok and then headquarters? He's, yeah, and then he's like managing the, the program at Reebok, last I heard, and then he's running this other gym, and then they opened a second location. So he's essentially running three gyms. Yeah, and he's, he's got a lot. And he's in, in like Flynn at Reebok HQ, and he works for uh, CrossFit headquarters and d- travels almost every weekend to do seminar staff. Wow, good for yeah, him. I've I never... Yeah. Is he a flow? Flow no. master? Oh, is he? Kelly's And nodding. Hobart is as well, isn't he? Yeah, I know Hobart is. I know. Yeah, they're is. both pretty slick yeah i mean I, i've never met i've honestly never met anyone as busy as austin Malio. the guy is yeah, a workaholic like he's, he's absolute busy. so i've heard he, and he somehow tries to make it to the games every year so yeah and he made it yeah, yeah. The, the, the 15 he made it the, yeah the other year and then uh kelly said there he, he only doesn't work two weekends and one is christmas and the other is games and yeah and he'll always be like he doesn't just do the easy ones there like in the united states he'll be in like a different country yeah. every mm-hmm. weekend yeah. doing these well because he's fun. He's OG, so they sent him off to like the high profile stuff right. or the new, the kind of new territories because right. he's been. I mean, like I told him, I was uh, when I when he was on the podcast, I like we watched him the first year when Kelly first started kind of like trying to make it to the games. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting and watching the games and watching him and Spencer and back when Austin used to wear head to toe white compression gear, oh, yeah. the, the old the white oh, knight yeah. they called him. Yeah. Would that have been twelve or thirteen? Uh. 12 for sure, I think, because that was like the first year Both. Kelly went and did pretty well at the regionals, isn't it? 12? 12. So yeah. he was probably doing it before that too, but. Yeah, I remember. 12 was the first games I ever watched. and Yeah, I was I was, was not engaged in CrossFit at that time, which yeah. is kind of. What's the first well, games you watched, Tyler? Uh, 2014. <clears throat> I started doing CrossFit in so February. Fresh. How, how old are you? I'm 27. And Tony just turned 20. I just turned 20 a month ago. So fresh. fresh. Yeah, so I actually, fresh meat. technically 11 were the first games I ever watched because I started in late 11. So I had missed the 11 games, but I rewatched them. The first games I had watched as a CrossFitter was mm-hmm. the 12, but I had watched all the 11. Yeah. Uh, so which which is, was the first year Reebok was in. Yeah. It was the first big year. Rich had, it was the first year he won. It was the first, the best Nano yeah, ever. I, I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I always tell people. People ask like how long I've been doing CrossFit. And I'm like, when I started CrossFit, it was, was board no shorts and Chuck Taylors. <laughs> yeah. And to and innovates. Everyone wore innovates. No, there were I no started. innovates when I started. No innovates. Yeah. What year we were, we started pre everything. What year it was, was that? You went out and just found some board shorts wherever. And then you wore Chuck Taylors. <laughs> like that was it. You everyone wore, wore MMA shorts, MMA yeah. fighting uh, shorts. Probably. No, everybody wore board shorts. Not even MMA shorts. Like board shorts. Swim like trunks. Swim trunks. Because that's, that was the whole California bro. thing. Yeah. And I had no... I honestly just started wearing board shorts because after I'd watched so many videos and like been to the seminars and everything, I was like, oh, like basketball shorts was what I was used to lift weights in. I was like, those aren't cool. Yeah. Um, not, and I, and I remember thinking like board shorts, shorts were nowhere near as effective as a, as a garment. Like they yeah. didn't allow you to move quite as well, but... It's just like you, you got to put so, the slits in the in the legs. You look so much more. No, it wasn't that. It was like for me, it was the waist. But it was like you look so much more purposeful when you're wearing like a more hefty material. And yeah, I remember yeah. looking at those and then looking back at people that were wearing, or myself or other people wearing basketball shorts, and I was like, they look like they're in pajamas or something. Yeah. Just, they look ridiculous yeah. and they're baggy and yeah. um, long. A, they cover a, your yeah. knees and then when you go to squat. I mean, I used to run miles, like m- timed miles in Chuck Taylors. Like, I don't even wow. know. Looking back, yeah, on, I don't know how I did. I used to do full blown back cons. Dying. Yeah, I saw. I think a, you just. I think your feet just get tough. Yeah. When I saw I, a video of a Elijah Muhammad deadlifting in basketball shorts. It might have even been a basketball oh, jersey. He, he crushed and, a snatch at like two seventy five in in high top Chuck Taylor's yeah. basketball shorts at regionals one year. That's hilarious. Who who is this? Easy Muhammad. Oh, oh no, that, that was no, Alex Nettie. That was that Alex Nettie who did that, and he wore Jordans the next workout. That for yeah. like a yeah, twenty yeah. minute workout, he wore like heavy ass pair what? of Jordans. Yeah, early on, like that would oh, have been thirteen, was, thirteen or fourteen. Do you remember what year that was? Wow, probably thirteen. 13 the first 13. year he went there, yeah, that's crazy. There was a lot of new names. Thirteen but was kind of that pivotal year. That's how year. it was, though. Well, and then yeah. and I remember watching like Andy Sakamoto at the games wearing twelve uh, Onitsuka Tiger yeah. shoes, which was like the the last year before Reebok got 10. involved. That was like ten, yeah. 
people that are just starting now or getting into the sport have no idea. When I started staying on the shoe topic, when I started, um, the first video I ever watched was the, um, well, the, the, what's the rich one where Dan had just moved there and started training. That was the first one I watched. But the second one I ever watched was like the Tahoe throwdown. Have you guys ever seen that? Yeah. They filmed the whole Tahoe throwdown, which was essentially rogues whole rogue fitness's whole lineup of sponsored athletes yeah. facing off against again, faster, who is another big, they're not uh, as yeah. relevant anymore, yeah. Yeah. but another big fitness right. supplier company yeah. equipment. And they were battling each other at Lake Lake Tahoe yeah. and, or whatever, and they filmed the whole thing. And they put out part one through eight or whatever. That was so cool. And right after that, Rogue had put out the fight shorts, which was essentially MMA shorts. They had Velcro. You button them. They had the slit in the side. Yeah. And then for the next two, three years, those were huge. Everyone yeah. wore those and a pair of Innovates. And if you didn't have white, black Innovates <laughs> and a pair of Rogue fight shorts, you weren't a CrossFitter. Everyone <laughs> had the Rogue fitness shorts. I remember that. And then like, uh, they did like a two minute, um, double under yep. test. And I think Dave and Castro Chris Bueller. and Chris, I thought it was Chris Bueller did 280 was it Chris Bueller or Graham. Wasn't Graham there too? Yeah, Graham was there. Here's the funny thing. Rich wasn't a given faster athlete. He wasn't a rogue fitness athlete. Wow. He was a given faster athlete. Wow. I don't know and if so I was, was Austin Maliolo. So was James Hobart. I, because of coaching Kelly, I've always been way more abreast of no pun intended. Um, the female side of the sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like a lot of times people are like, oh, did you see so-and-so at the games? I'm like, no, I yeah, watched. I saw the yeah. all I Yeah, I've got a female yeah. athlete, and that's all I'm able or to like this year you saw keep track all, of. all the team. And mm-hmm. we're pretty – Yeah, I saw like – I was texting you updates on none of, what happened yeah. in, the, in the other – Well, they make it <laughs> – there's some talk of them moving the games, and I kind of hope they do. And if – well, if they do, to I where? hope that it's – To where? Um, well, we don't know, but and we don't even know no, if it's where official. Do you hope but they, they might oh, not even move. Well, if they I do. hope. Pardon me, while I adjust my microphone, but uh, I hope they move it somewhere where it's easier access because, like the first two years, Kelly went to the regionals. It was really, really easy for me. There was the athlete area and the kind of warm up area, mm-hmm. and coaches had full access to everything. Mm-hmm. And then you literally could kind of sneak through a curtain and get right out onto the floor. And you'd be right next to the, the competition oh, floor. Sick. So I could coach her and then I could, she'd go get in line to get out and I would beat her to the sidelines to watch her. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would be out there before she was there, but that was obviously there was less, there was no like TV crew and all that stuff right. going on at that time. Um, and now they just put a lot of obstacles between you and your athlete. Yeah. There's, there's areas where you're not allowed to go. And I kind of understand why, because some some people get a coach's pass as a formality and they're, right. they're back there hanging out. They're not actually coaching. Right. Um, so that's weird. And I think there are some coaches that probably took liberties with the access. Cause if you're back there and like you're, um, you know, you've got an athlete that qualified to regionals and we kind of felt like this the first couple of years we're there. We're like, man, we qualified. And there's like, you know, these huge names walking around, your regional, there's people that have been at the games three or four years already, and you're you're walking around in the same warm up area. With yeah. them. I mean, it was a little bit. I, I was a little bit starstruck being right. back there, so I can I can totally see where somebody's coach may have stepped out of line right. or got a little like right. fanboyish with right. somebody. Yeah. Who, who knows? I'm speculating, but so in any case, there's a lot more separation out, and there's at the games too where I'm back there, and it's it's kind of it's kind of like a triangle, but it's more like everything's in a in a crooked line where there, you have the main, um, like soccer stadium at the mm-hmm. games, then kind of beyond that or next to that, there's the tennis stadium. And then beyond that, there's the athlete area. So if I'm down there coaching with her, I have to go basically all the way back to the beginning of the line at the soccer stadium to walk through security and get back in. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking probably close to a mile. If there's an event in the tennis stadium, yeah. I'm probably doing the better part of a mile to get from the warm-up area right. all the way down to security and then and then basically looping back through the, the same line to get all the way back to the yeah, tennis stadium. Yeah. While the athletes have this shortcut that they just walk straight up mm-hmm. a set of stairs and they're right in the tennis stadium. So, well, I mean, me and you were there this year not as coaches and we walked a shit ton. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine like how much you would have been yeah, walking Yeah, and it's, it's kind of how it was at, at like regionals that. too when we were in a, a big like indoor arena type thing. And again, the athletes walk straight out the kind of athlete hall or whatever that they would use for a basketball game or, yeah. or a hockey mm-hmm. game. And I have to walk out the like employee entrance 
back through like the regular entrance, then just out into the bowl and walk up to, you know, two or three stories to get up to the mezzanine or something um, to watch. So it's just, it's just hugely inconvenient on a lot of on a lot of levels. And at the games, you're you're back there coaching, and you have to rush to get to the next piece of competition or to get to the tennis stadium or to the soccer stadium. So you're you're walking very briskly too. Yeah. It's, because well, it's, it's exhausting. The, I imagine they probably it. don't pull the athletes from the warm up area with 20, no, 20, 20 minutes. Time. And, 20 yeah, minutes. and you want to be there. That's longer than I probably would have guessed. And you want to be there until minutes unless you go out. Wanna, you don't want to just coach them and be like, okay, well, you go in a half yeah, hour you and you want to be there until the last yeah, second. Oh, yeah. So then you, go, then you run out there, you watch the heat, and then you want to, you got to debrief them. If it, if it went well or poorly, you want to go down there and talk to the right. athlete. So then you bolt back out. So you literally only see your athlete compete. And the athletes have this nice air conditioned locker room tent down there and that coaches no coaches are allowed into yeah. and then like, like two years ago they did this weird thing where they started saying you're only allowed in the warm-up area 15 minutes before your athletes heat what? so i have to stand there and wait outside and then it was 15 minutes before the women's individual you know heat they would they're essentially taking the coaches out in. of the sport is yeah. what it's well, leaning I, towards I, I think they're to trying me. to strike a balance because i don't know how you could possibly expect there's no I know they like want the athletes to think for themselves a little bit, and that's and that's some of part of it. How they're bit, yeah. throwing these weird events out that they don't know until the last minute or until like they're the standing on the floor, year, taking them to San Jose. Yeah, and that's fine, but yeah. you know, to some extent, like there's no other sport, there's no other individual sport where the coach is separated from the athlete as much. Mm-hmm. Um, Boxing, they're practically in the ring with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they talk to them every figure skating, um, weightlifting. And you weightlifting, know. they're like practically on the floor yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, weight, and uh, you look at it. Yeah, you watch like USAW stuff. The coaches with them right till the second the they step on the platform. Those, those dance the competitions stairs. get pretty pretty intense, though. Yeah. The the coach is not out yeah. on the floor with the dance and team. And I kind of, I kind of, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing. Um, I was just about to laugh. He said those dance competitions get pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, the, co- the coaches are allowed on the dance on the dance floor when they're in the dance, dance on the dance floor. Those dance teams they get pretty crazy. Yeah, but I, you know, no, I have seen. Well, I remember like in like in uh, I guess it was a competition, but even if you got like, I remember like being in like a uh, seriously like a cheer competition or something yeah, yeah, in high yeah. school, and the coaches are in the stands yelling at their team yeah. like, while they the get events front going row. on. They're practically yeah. why, where the judges the are VIP at. treatment, so it's yeah. really unique in CrossFit. Th- where those things are, are interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cheerleading competition. Yeah. Well, you think of think about this. You think of NASCAR racing. Your coach is on a microphone talking to you the yeah. entire yeah, race. The whole That's time. like as personal yeah. as you can get. And in, and in football, you yeah. Got, now your coach is on the time. You got electronic mics in the helmets yeah. now yeah. in football. So mm-hmm. your quarterback's essentially your 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 biggest, so your most important. I player. think there should be a little bit of separation. I think, and I, I but I think part of it is they're trying to strike a nice balance. But it, it would it, so. it would even be nice if they would just you know allow coaches to get to the stadium or wherever in prudent amount of time to see their athlete compete and then yeah. you know just and at least provide alone, the same or transportation give, or give them a or, place to go. Yeah, like a. You know, a spot to, yeah. And coaches are getting something. big in the sport now. Like five years well, ago, there were a lot of athletes that didn't, didn't have, have a coach. coach. Yeah. yeah, and I think now you could probably even differentiate the athletes that have a legitimate coach and the ones that don't. Yeah, yeah. you know, we all know Jacob Hepner doesn't have a freaking coach for the most part. He does now. He's with Brute, and prior to that, he was with Doug Chapman. I mean, you could you should use like Ben that's Smith a, or Rich Froning. No, I, yeah. Rich. Bridges Bridges doesn't have a coach either. Tony's, yeah, Tony's answer to everything. He's his programmer. He doesn't. He's not his like legit coach. Yeah, but he goes out he, there. He to, goes there a lot. He dude, lives right he's by unaffiliated. Invictus. He's yeah. unaffiliated. That's too bad. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a coach. But <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. He's unaffiliated. He works out in his garage. It is becoming rare if you look at the yeah. top tier of athletes. It's yeah. rare that, that I a, can't think that of a, a successful lady. athlete. There's a lot of athletes that don't have a coach, but they're not successful. I can't think of a, of a woman crossfitter that doesn't have a coach, though, that comes to mind. There's more men, I feel like. Yeah, I can't really think of any. It also seems like going back to the Tahoe throwdown, I was just thinking about the field of athletes that were there. A lot more of those men are still prevalent in the sport than the women from that video from the people on the Rogue and the Again Faster. Well, the only big one I can think of is Camille, who's still left from that. Well, so the interesting thing, we were talking about this earlier today, actually, in one of my classes, was that the, the face of the women's side of the competition has changed drastically. So on the note of who, who has a coach and who doesn't, I remember going to regionals when 
I felt like I felt uncomfortable because I was in the warm up area and I was one of the only coaches. Yeah, I'm a man in the yeah. in the women's warm up area. Thirteen. Yeah, those first couple of years we yeah. were going, and Kelly was like right outside of qualifying. She was fifth and sixth place all the time, and they were taking top three. She spent about three years being fifth and sixth place. And I remember looking around thinking like, man, there's like three other girls, four of the girls here that have coaches, who's mm-hmm. coaches who are with them all the time. So um, it was a little you bit felt awkward. odd. But at the same at the same time, I remember um, our, God, there was one year where a girl was like, she was struggling to squat, overhead squat like 95 pounds for one of the workouts mm-hmm. that was coming up. And we were, we were both watching a world. Like, How did she get here? Yeah. And then watching there's a muscle up workout and just watching girls fail miserably at muscle ups and we're like how again how did these girls get here and it's like if you it's just a simple matter of statistics i think that there wasn't enough females doing the sport probably so yeah mm-hmm. i think the the women's side more recently or the women's side i should say probably became competitive later than the men's side because yeah. there were a lot of uh Male the men athletes were strong in these strong yeah and even if you look at other women's sports there's not a ton of weightlifting going on in other women's sports mm-hmm. like even for men's like men have football first of all there's a ton of weightlifting going on there so I think in the early days of CrossFit you did see a ton of football players and right. stuff kind of naturally gravitate yeah, that's towards a really good point CrossFit yeah. and the the women that were actually strong enough to do this stuff were fewer and further between and the, mm-hmm. the women's side in the last three or four years has gotten really tight yeah that's really good way point more competitive. If you do go back and watch those videos, half of the women that were at that time considered the best CrossFit women in the world were kipping pull-ups still. And all the men were butterflying. All the men could clean 300 yeah. pounds. All the men, they, were, they did a workout. And, um, you know, Camille had to ask if a 125 power clean was okay for the ladies. And now for the ladies, a 125 power clean would be like, that's moderate. That's a moderate load. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, then yeah. it was like, can you guys handle this for five reps? It's well, still even funny. to this day, I think there's more uh, men that participate in the open than, than women. And uh, I, and that, probably, I don't know if that, yeah. and I think we all can acknowledge there's people that do the open that aren't necessarily trying to compete at the Especially highest level. Especially that are competitive. But I think that is, that can, I think. Well, it's still, I think you still have like the fourth, or I should say like the first heat of women at regionals level of competition it's like, you know, is... N- Less, I would argue, is less, less impressive fit. than the first heat of the yeah. And a good way, yeah, a good, a good way to look at that is, uh, for instance, last year in the open, uh, I compared some of my open scores to women who made it to regionals, and I beat them in three to four of the workouts, and I didn't make it to regionals. So it was like, women are making it to regionals, yeah. not beating me. But at but the I'm games not, level, the best women are going toe to toe with the best, with the best oh, men. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. It, but I, what I'm saying is, is that that. From elite to very good CrossFitter range, yeah. the guys are way. No, better I'm agreeing with you. Women. I'm just saying when yeah. you when you isolate the top tier, yeah, for they're sure. close. So you and can't, that's why they're. The it's top. not a matter of so women really being not as fit and as men. They're just as fit. And it's that'll even out, I think, over time. Yeah, but yeah, you're for sure. Certainly right. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's yeah that in the open the twenty to like sixty range of men are night and day better than the 20 to 60 range of women placement. And there are still, there's still some guys yeah. that I see competing at regionals and, yeah. and I, you know, it's not all about the looks, but I, I remember one guy in particular thinking like, I don't know how this guy made it to regionals based on what he looks like and then watching yeah. him move yeah. and watching him Well, there's him obviously perform, some guys like, that cheat geez. to get there still. But I would say there's nowadays well, the people that place like 70th in the I open. But I used to be able to be kind of like, like fat's not the right word, but like, Chubby. Not you used to be able to not, not have a six pack, yeah. yeah, but still just be able to that guy who could just gut it out, yeah, that had that didn't. There's a lot of he just like the Jason Kalipa, yeah, but doesn't move well. He's always been gutted fit out looking. My point is, like, they just don't look like the guy just has no gut check and he can just go until he feels mm-hmm. like he's gonna throw up and then keep going farther, yeah. That guy, like, that was enough to get him to regionals, yeah, it wasn't yeah. enough to propel McBride. him to the game. Type deal. Yeah. I mean, not, not even Shane McBride because he's just a, like, he's not the most ripped guy out there, but he's always been a freak ball yeah. of muscle. He's yeah, so yeah, strong. He's um, so strong. Pocket Shane, Hulk, you're baby. so strong. <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, cause he so started, strong. nothing but love. He started training at Gambit <laughs> quite a few years ago and not quite a few, several, a handful of years ago mm-hmm. or something, uh, three, four years ago when it started his own gym and obviously he's gotten better and better, but even then he was just moving freak amounts of weight. Like the guy's always been he's strong, a freak yeah. athlete and 
He he doesn't Explosive. again. He's not the most ripped guy out there. He's not he's not having a shredded eight pack on the floor, but he's not. He doesn't look unfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. saying there were guys at regionals who oh, looked I'm downright unfit. Totally. And yeah. there's um, yeah, there's one guy that comes to mind in particular that I'm thinking of, and <laughs> we won't throw him under the bus yeah, by announcing no. him on the podcast. Because I thought I thought I knew who he was, but yeah, I was like, I, I couldn't believe it, and it, he did like. He didn't do terrible. Like I, it was the 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 workout that yeah. ended with burpee box jump overs, and he competed. And I, because you just have that gut check. Yeah, I, I know I a guy in our region huh? too. Specifically, what workout? Who was. This past year? Um, it was, I think it started with um a mile assault bike, but it ended with um then oh yeah the oh, sumo deadlift high pulls. 2014, 15, 15 last year. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a sick burpee, workout. No, it was this year. Burpee tread. box jump overs. Was the last? It was it the was one Julie Fouché broke her Achilles on, or tore Achilles yeah, on. Yeah, that, that was, was last 15. year. Yeah, okay, 15. yeah. Fifteen. That was a sick workout. Yeah, that was. Sam Dancer crushed that. Yeah. So did Ben Smith. <laughs> crushed it. <laughs> I, think I know a lot I about. Bridges I know a lot about too. CrossFit guys. <laughs> we need so some statistics. Just, it always ends up back at Ben Smith, though. Yeah. <laughs> he moves yeah. great. He it moves all comes great. back to Ben Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know who remembers the early days of CrossFit? Ben Smith. Well, he does. He's been it. <laughs> ben Smith's been doing. Listen, Ben Smith's been doing CrossFit since he was sixteen. He made it to the games when but he was on. eighteen. Yeah. Okay. No, but I want to yeah. go back to Shane McBride real quick because I feel like he's a guy that, and and granted, I've only been into, into the sport for uh, a couple of years, and um, obviously followed him closely because he was just a couple of towns over. And I feel like he's always at regionals, like been really close. To competing for a spot at the games, and then there's I don't yeah. know what it is, um, but he just you know he's he obviously just too up short, and down. He'll finish like top five in a bunch he's, of workouts. He's too and inconsistent. Have the, yeah, yeah, he's, he's been he's so really close, and I feel like the first couple of days through the competition, he's sitting right where he needs to. Top in like five, seven, yeah, yeah six, seven, bound to make a and move, not, and then he just finishes. I'm not in sure what his situation is, but I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure he has a coach coach i think yeah. he has a couple guys that advise him i on, thought he did invictus i think he, a, I think he did invictus programming for yeah, a while but he's not getting coaches right no 100%. i know he's got a nutrition guy uh kelly's told me guy. that he goes to a weightlifting guy yeah. so i feel like he pulls from a lot of places and then well, that's what i'm saying he doesn't have a coach though yeah. like yeah not that that's bad. Well, and I also don't. Like, and Kelly's I also doing don't. the same thing. She's got a nutrition guy that she's yeah. she's talking to, and she gets weightlifting programming from Chad Vaughn now. But I'm I'd still be considered her coach. Yeah. Well, and I also I don't know how much he like really wants to go to the games. Not that he wouldn't want to, um, but like I don't know how hard he's because I think he's. I I just feel like it's he wants to go. To, he wants it, it like in my going to Granite Games with in him. my situation. My experience has been over the past five or six years that I was a half decent athlete. I knew a lot of guys who were doing CrossFit before mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and around me. And I kind of, I got into it. I started to get better and better. I started to kind of be able to hang with some of these guys and thought, okay, maybe I can mm-hmm. be an athlete. I'm really going to try hard for two or three years. Tried really, really hard to get regionals. And then the sport just became like packed with like, yeah. the open just became packed with athletes. And I just saw that 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 window, I think the closest it's I ever got, was, I was within twenty or thirty spots of making mm-hmm. it for a couple of years. Yeah, um, like one year I remember starting. We did the first workout, and I was in the top sixty. I was <laughs> thrilled, yeah. and it was just like, but it was for one workout, and then right. I just, every workout top I slowly sixty tie. Really, yeah, you remember? Slowly. Oh, for section, out. was there a section? No, it or? was regionals, but in no, the open was, they took the top sixty. They took oh, the top wow. sixty, and then they put it down in like thirteen or fourteen to forty-eight. Yeah. top forty. So anyway, um, so. I'm thinking like it, but I just kept slipping further and further away from that, from that margin. And so shifted over to coaching and like dedicated more of my time to coaching, Get, you know, got, um, Kelly to regionals a couple of times. We were kind of like nipping at the heels of, mm-hmm. of the games qualifiers Then came out one year and got, we got two athletes qualified, mm-hmm. Kelly and Alex chance qualified. Then, uh, Kelly qualified the following year as well, more or less, you know, varying circumstances but un- under my mm-hmm. you know coaching and i've had peers around me and some of these guys that i were training with say you know acknowledge that i must be a pretty good coach and mm-hmm. say like oh if i don't make it this year i'm gonna get on your program next year mm-hmm. and you know it didn't happen yeah um and i just said yeah i'm more than happy to help you like i don't I wasn't even, there wasn't even any talk of money. Like, I'm just happy to, to help you guys. Yeah. I, if I have a roster, if I can say I have a roster of two or three, four athletes that even go to regionals, I'm stoked about yeah. that at this point. You know, maybe yeah. if I become more established, I'll worry about money. But at this right. point, 
I'm running a gym. I'm making enough money to live off of. I'm happy to. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And point being that none of these guys really jumped on board. They kind of like acted like they were going to or flirted with the idea. But it's it's something about handing themselves over to somebody they know is is hard for some of these athletes. So jumped on board. Yeah. (laughs) But you didn't know me. You kind of. I I feel like I. But you kind of saw me as a coach from the start. That's true. Like some of these guys saw me That's come true. up from nothing, so it's hard like for them said, to say. Like you said, they were a peer. It was yeah. a, it was a, yeah. It's hard for them to say, oh, I'm going to treat him as a coach Someone now. Someone that you would also and probably. A, and an authority figure. Competed, you were competed yeah. with or against There are guys them. that I've, I've yeah. beaten at competitions or and right. then in later years more more so have beaten me in competitions. So they're kind of like, why would I f- listen to him? Yeah. But it's like, it's hard to. You, you can sit here and say, I think before. everyone can agree a good coach or a good teacher isn't necessarily somebody who's good at doing something themselves, but they're just good at knowing how to do Correct. it and teaching other people how to do it. But it's one thing to say that it's another thing to give your life over to one of those people yeah. because you're handing over a huge aspect to your life. So it's, it's way easier in a sense, even though it's weird, it's way easier to throw money at CJ Martin or Ben Bergeron who live eight States away because you kind of treat that like it's a more formal and their track record exchange and they have a more, extensive track record maybe um but it's yeah, like no, I mean, it's like they'd rather spend two hundred dollars a month or whatever to get programming from this person when i would do it for free mm-hmm. yeah or and, or not have a coach at all and and my perspective is honestly pretty similar to that because when brian and i were discussing leaving the other gym that we were at it was like okay well where are we gonna go and you know, we knew who Kelly Jackson was and I knew who you were. And I was like, all right, well, it doesn't make, if we want to learn from like the best, like you've got to go to at least what we perceived. We had no idea. We'd never stepped foot into CrossFit gym before, but we perceived it to be the best CrossFit gym in the area because it was the only gym that had it one games athlete and yeah. two. So it was like, all right, let's go check it out and see what it's all about. And it was like, it was perfect. And so yeah. I think that's just what you guys were focused is. locally. Well, we were if you're focused, focused locally, nationally, yeah. then, it, then it leads you to people like yeah, Ben we were, Bergeron. We were tactic, practical. Yeah. And, and yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that I looked at you as a coach from the, the get-go, because when I first initially met you, you were coming down and everyone was just like, yeah, Kelly's husband's coming down. It yeah. was Because at the time, you weren't really coaching Kelly. Yeah, but Kelly the, was the doing span all of, of our time programming. we're talking about is like a month yeah. or two. Right. Is my point. Like, you know. But then we spent time like, at regionals. We spent a lot of time at the games. And then yeah. I kind of was like, oh, I actually kind of like him. Yeah. We're good. We're getting to be good kind friends. People like, yeah. people like Shane have known me for like yeah. five right. years. Yeah. You know, and you're talking about a span of a couple months. I'm just saying like relative, in yeah, the relative yeah. to that, it, it was a short. Yeah. Well, it's cool to know too that like there have been these athletes such as McBride and other people that have started training at Gambit at your gym and have either gone on to successfully start their own gym or like they learned a lot from you. So yeah. I think that's, well, I, I try not to cl- claim too much of Shane's success. For no, myself. no. And I'm not, I'm not saying you have to, but like <laughs> Shane, it, you would be nothing. You, you start, you know, you start somewhere nothing and before you started at Gambit, <laughs> you know, that was, but it's funny. We were talking about we regionals or something or somebody's watching, uh, you know, Shane compete and commenting how impressive he is on, on something. And then it was like, they got talking about what, what his history was. And I'm like, and I was like, yeah, he like started CrossFit at Gambit. Like I forgot about that at one point. I was just like, Oh yeah. How long ago was it? So he like drove from Illinois. It's what? 20 minutes away. He don't make it sound that ridiculous. Brian. I know it's 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But he didn't work in yeah. Louis. He like found you guys and drove His there every day. His is farther than 20 months. Yeah, well, 20, he was he was working as a personal trainer, so he wasn't unschooled, yeah. you know, on the whole Fitness. process. But I think he and he and two other guys, I think, were working at the same place, personal training, and they just kind of like heard about CrossFit and decided, you so know, whether it was it. just out of sheer curiosity or they decided for like research purposes or whatever, they're like, we got to go try this CrossFit thing out. And they were, all three of them were driving. 20 minutes plus to get to, to get to the gym every day. So they all came for Andrew. I, I hate to, I just two. realized you screwed your screen up. When did that happen? You oh, dropped dude. it and shattered. I, so I dropped it yesterday. Oh, man, that breaks during, my heart. Uh, on unloading Kelly and I t- went on that picnic oh. thing for her birthday. So I'm unloading the car. So it's her have fault. The, have the phone in my hand and I grab something else. Phone slips out, drops on the concrete floor. It's in a case, but drops on the concrete floor in the garage. Like the entire screen shatters. Was there a rock in there like, or something? I don't know, but <sighs> the entire screen shatters. So then later we're, we're at the mall shopping, and I I hate having a broke a cracked screen. Yeah. It's it's a huge yeah, pet peeve too. of mine, and I've almost and I've like never broken an iPhone mm-hmm. screen. So 
we're at the mall shopping for some stuff for Kelly for, again for her birthday later that evening last night and I see a kiosk it says iPhone repair mm-hmm. so I go over and check with them and they're like yeah it'll be like 15 minutes I'm like oh we got we got dinner in a half hour that's perfect yeah. we're dinner's right down the road we'll go, I'll get this thing fixed there it's done in about 10 minutes brand new screen thing mm-hmm. looks pristine I'm like great it's 90 bucks no way and I'm like okay that's, that's kind of a lot but yeah worth it because it looks gorgeous now mm-hmm. Dropped it today in my office, leaving the gym. Oh, shattered a it a second time. Later. <laughs> I shattered it twice in 24 hours. That is that's a, li- a little piece of me always. Anytime <laughs> I see a shattered iPhone screen, a little piece of me dies. That, so that I makes might me order sad. that Google Knock phone. Knock on wood. Do not do that. <laughs> you do not do that. Knock on wood. I have I'm never not, shattered. I'm not going to have. I've never I'm not shattered. Gonna throw the iPhone, iPhone away. Three. I'm going to keep it. And if the Google phone's that bad. Well, I'm yeah, because go Google's going to be trash. Um, I've had there was three, a peri- and I never put my first. There was one a in period of time when Brian and I in college were going through iPhones like it was our job. What do you, what do you mean Google's going to be trash? Like I'm just not going to like the phone, or you think? I think it's going to. I think it's going to run terribly. I think you're not going to like. From Android, I, don't, I think you're going to. Nothing not runs remember. terribly anymore. It's 2016. What do you think it's hey, going like, to like go back to? Oh yeah. What do you technology? think about these Samsung phones <laughs> that are what? exploding? These you people that have these Samsung phones, they still run fine. They just catch fire. They run fine until they explode. That's not. This is a little I'm, not, buying, I'm not trying to buy a Samsung phone. Yeah. But you know what runs really shitty right now? This iPhone. <laughs> yes. Well, Snapchat's like, been taking me an hour to open. Oh that's my the gosh. app. That's not iPhone. I Dude, love not iPhone. Apple. I'm not switching. Dude, when you it got takes me. you, I when love it takes iPhone, you ten but. minutes to boot up Snapchat and send a dick pic to I, somebody, it's I, <laughs> not the, cool. You've <laughs> lost your boner. After ten minutes, yeah. my boner's gone. You got a fluff all over again. I agree with you. Though some some of these apps run pretty pretty shittily. And I hate how shittily. Shittily. I love I love shittily. It's shittily. one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> Pritz shit. Pritz shit. Pritz and shit. I, sometimes I feel like my iPhone has trouble connecting to the Pritz Wi-Fi, but I I blame that on the Wi-Fi. Bluetooth. Well, is yeah. so, my biggest iPhone. To be company. fair, I know you're I know you're a big Apple fan, and to I'll preface this with I love my MacBook. I yeah, think it's too. one of the best things that's the best ever computers. been. It's yeah. just amazing. I switched. I got an iPad first, and I do love my iPad. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I got an iPhone. Well, actually, I got an iPhone first. Then I got an iPad. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm mm-hmm. gonna to buck up and get a MacBook. But never looked back. Worth it, It's yeah. been totally worth it. Um, but, and now they've started doing like A-list games in the App Store. I can go download like A-list first-person shooters and stuff, yeah. which I love. Yeah. I don't, I don't do a lot of PC gaming, but it's cool Store. that you can go do that. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm a huge supporter of it, but I'm, I'm looking at it day to day and I'm like, you know what? I don't really use iTunes. I don't on my phone. I don't like it. Yeah, you, I don't. You I don't think Apple it's. Music. I tried Apple Music for a while. I don't hate it. I just preferred other options. And you've, I you've like given Spotify. Me, yeah, you've given me reasons why. I use Google I, Docs I religiously for work. Yeah. Not that that. Not that you can't use Google Docs on your iPhone because you totally can. But there's. I'm just like not seeing a lot of reasons I need to keep an iPhone. And I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm curious about that Google Pixel. I've kind of. I used to. Like, I used to use Android back in the day. I kind of want to yeah, check we'll, it out. We'll try it. You out. don't I, like the simplicity. I might. Of the, I might try of that iPhone. Every, everything's the, just easy. The new Google phone also looks easy. I haven't like, seen it, so I can't really have this discussion. That's why I should Honestly, just get one, and we can all check I, it out. I agree. I encourage you I mean, to get it because there's you nothing. Spend the money, get it. There's nothing. Keep your more, iPhone in case you want to switch back. There's nothing more satisfying to I me. I always than, keep my old than, iPhone. Than someone that has been an iPhone user has has had an Apple product for a while. They switch over to Android, and you know what? And they switch back to the back. iPhone. That that. <laughs> That just tickles my balls. Because I'll, really I'll still be able to sell the Android, and I'll still I'm gonna keep do it. Try. The thing is, even if I don't want to use this, I'm gonna move it down to the gym as the gym phone. Right. Because we do Instagram posts and yeah, stuff, and obviously true. be better. The camera in this is way better than what's yeah. at the gym. So, I agree. That I mean, that, that's a badass. What do you camera. have? You have a five at the gym. A little five. Yeah. You have a five. What's wrong with the camera on that? It's Nothing not as the, good. I, the one in the six is better. Is it that much better? One yeah. one yeah. one phone difference. Yeah. It's not well, the one, one the phone. Se- There's the, a five. The one on the iPhone seven is supposed to be a lot better. I keep forgetting the sevens even out. It looks just like the six. I was exactly really, like the six. I was really hoping it was going to be something cool. But guys, that's I thought the six new. was going to be a piece of glass. That's nothing new. You yeah, can, but, you pretend yeah like, but there's nothing new, and then there's this. This is <laughs> this is even worse than nothing new. Yeah, like the six was a big difference from the five. This has turned into a tech podcast. Well, yeah, but there was no, there was the five, and then there was the five S. We're just. Everyone the likes four. a good ramble. Was there a huge difference well, between the four and the I five? Heard, I heard on the Google Pixel you can record podcasts. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I did. Can you really? <laughs> no. I think I could record on my iPhone yeah, if I wanted to, could. but we're recording on a boss device because it has 
separate inputs, which is the best way to do it on a, on an iPhone or, or an iPad. You can't really, you could, like we could run one mic and one pair of headphones. Yeah, I trust Andrew when it comes to this. I thing. have a, um, this gets us if, better. If we want to get back to CrossFit, I actually have a good, um, topic discussion that I just recently discovered. Okay. So this I, has not been previously discussed, so we're not sure. If I just bought good. my first pair of Oli shoes. Here we go. I just, <laughs> Here we go. I just bought my first pair of Oli How shoes. How did it take you so long to buy Oli shoes? Because uh, I have really good mobility, so I've never had issue, issues. Because I have really good squats. So. Well, you also don't move your feet when you lift. So uh, Yeah. Uh, that's never really hurt me in the past, though, until now, until I realized it was hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been a problem until I realized yeah, it was is, a problem. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you my reasoning. So my reasoning being that um, since I moved here, uh, about three weeks after I moved to St. Louis, we got put on a... Um, we started a new lifting cycle. Uh, it's got a lot of pause squats in it, a lot of squatting heavy throughout Numbers the week, three, up. four times a week. Yep. Um, and what I was noticing is that uh, not necessarily that I was getting super, super sore or anything. Obviously, that doesn't happen as much. Um, but I was getting very tight, and we would squat back-to-back days, and I'd notice the next day I would like have lacking dorsal flexion, and I would just be uncomfortable in the bottom of the squat. So I started borrowing um, David, David, uh, one of our good friends, David's. I wore his Oli shoes for a couple of uh, times. Daviticus Cornswallow. Yeah. Daviticus Cornswallow, one <laughs> David, of our good friends who David would join Cornsway. us on the podcast at some point. Yeah. He's, I, a hairy, um, he's a hairy man. I borrowed his Nikes for a couple front squat sessions and it wasn't anything huge, but I was just like, this is putting me in the position where I usually feel like I have the mobility yeah. to be in when I was tight. So here's, here's the whole thing. Here's my official stance on as a coach, here's my official stance on weightlifting shoes. Um, there is a little bit, the, the smallest component of them is that they elevate your heel, or I shouldn't say the smallest component, but the, the smallest priority to getting them is that they will elevate your heel a little bit and quote unquote, improve your squat because it's reducing the amount of dorsiflexion. You yeah. Need. Dorsiflexion you need in your ankle to get into a good squat position. Um, so that's, that said, they're not a solution to a, to a bad squat. You need to have a good squat also. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing they provide is a, is a really firm heel, which is good for heavy squatting and for Olympic lifts. Um, and if you're going for a PR lift or a heavy lift, or you're just on a super heavy day, it's great to have that extra stability Hold and that extra balance, yeah. mobility. And it just, it just means you're, you're more likely to lift a heavier load mm-hmm. with that better setup, that better... Uh, stability and that better, that firm sole. I agree. They're a firm heel. So I think for the serious weightlifter or the serious crossfitter, it's a, it's a big, uh, it's a big piece of the puzzle. You should have them in your arsenal. Now that said, they're like, I just hit a PR pause back squat the other day in my nanos. Mm-hmm. People overuse all issues. You should retain the ability to squat without, like you should have the ability to squat without them, but you should use them when you, when you want them. Yeah. Like you shouldn't rely on them heavily. But like exactly like Tony said, you're in a high volume, heavy squatting mm-hmm. cycle. They're great to have. I really like them. And I've been dealing with some, some back injury stuff and some knee stuff and putting on my Oli's allows me a lot of times to get into a really good position, which keeps that back up, right? Which yeah. is, is more of a, a safe position. So when I'm lifting heavy. A lot of times I like to throw them on. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's that. Yeah. And I'm still pro PR and nanos PR. I like, I love a PR yeah. and a nano. Well, PRs should happen naturally. Yeah, exactly. They so, should happen when we were training. Like, and I was, I jumped into a class with a noon class and they were doing back squats. And I think, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to go through all this like shoe changing and everything. It should, you should never get a scenario where you're like, Oh, I don't have my, my weightlifting shoes. I, I can't, can't lift. do this. Yeah, like when lame. you feel yourself like stressing out because you yeah. don't have your only shoes or you don't have the time to put them on. That's how you know you're relying on them. Too and much. I'm never going to be that guy that does like a wall ball or an air squat. Yeah. That's like That's, the guy that puts knee sleeves on to do air squats. Like I'm never yeah. going to be that guy. It's that whole, it's all that's that same person. The guy that shows up to do a scaled comp and is covered head to toe in kinesio tape and is using a, yeah. is, is using a fucking Mark can't Pro. can't even squat right. He's using a Mark <laughs> Pro or a TENS unit between every event. He's got Oli's on for that rowing wall ball workout. It's like, bro, chill, chill out. Like, <laughs> he's just nice. like the rogue fitness athlete shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like me showing up to He's a motocross like race with a fox really, shirt on. Really, really trying to bikes. win that scaled comp. Yeah. He wanted that. Yeah, it's like swag. I don't even I have a Mark Pro and I don't even use it because I feel like I'm not a good enough athlete to you deserve to use it. Because you don't have the charger to it. I also, also find it to I be think a I think I may have found the charger upstairs nice. when I was looking for this. It just it's a process to get it out yeah. for twenty minutes of use. I gotta, I'm telling you, I'm gonna order that power dot. 
The wire I like the Mark Pro. Not, uh, not that I hate the Mark Pro. No, I like it too, but it is a pain in the ass to get out. Yeah, the wireless I put, And I also the wish there go. was different speeds on it. I feel like my compact system wasn't that, that complicated like to get compact. out. It's um, just all the wires. And yeah, the wires. It's a first world problem. It's yeah. not really that it hard. Gonna gonna come out. Well, yeah. it, it is, but it's like, it's kind of like if you're going to spend that amount of money, these things are not cheap devices. So it's like if you're going to spend that amount of money, it like, ought to be it right. Should, there should be. I a paid seven hundred and fifty dollars for my Mark oh, Pro. I had a I had a chiropractor buy mine, so I got like twenty five percent off. I got my compact for six hundred. It was supposed to be yeah. eight fifty. I'm telling I was you, enthused about. What that do you deal. call it when you put three things so together much. to sell? Because we're not now. We can not only just <laughs> bundle, bundle our Mark Pros, but we can put his compacts in. Tony's, with Tony's a big fan of the bundle. <laughs> Anybody listening, <laughs> like if you're bundle. interested in two Mark Pros, Tony and works for Charter. System, we got you. Yeah. Charter Communications <laughs> secretly trying to bundling. If you guys like that idea. Yeah, I've got a cable and phone package I can get with. <laughs> nice bundle. I'm just saying, when you bundle things, it makes it a little easier oh, yeah. yourself. Yeah, what, I, uh, people what, save a few bucks. What other kind of shoes are you guys into? Um, um, I, I wear... I I love love we haven't talked shoes. about shoes on the podcast. I love I, shoes. I, I wear Metcons. I know that's... Yeah, that's Tyler has a couple pair of Metcons. Yeah, I do. Metcons. Well, you know, you're you're in the home of someone who's sponsored by Reebok. So I know. Here's my, here's my take on Metcons. Let's talk about them real quick. They're a great looking shoe. They look amazing. The Metcon one, in my opinion, is horseshit. I, I, it squeaks when you walk. Mine don't. They're I've really heavy. They're heavy, very heavy. They suck to run in, and um, I hate mine in fell anything. apart. Mine fell apart within the first month. That's hate, just I my hate running in feet. Yeah, <laughs> that's can, just my. Um, yeah, my. I've heard that. I've heard that too. That people have had trouble with them falling apart. Falling apart. Well, like yeah, I mean, honestly, like I've had, loops. I've had my Metcons. I, I don't know how long, but uh, yours look good. Yeah, they look good. I, I could have just I got a dead boy. You don't tie them a lot of the time either, so that might be part of the reason the lace loops haven't torn out. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> but, uh, my know. heel tore, started peeling yeah. the sole. Yeah. Um, and but Metcons fit my feet. Nikes you know, have you always have wide fit foot. my feet. I've got to a be wide fair, foot. You know, Nike's a pretty small upstart company. They don't have the resources yeah. to put into. You know, I couldn't just launch a bulletproof shoe right off the bat. Saying that though. We talked about this the other day. Their colorways oh. are awesome. Oh, the yeah, gum they bottoms. Make a sick shoe. The Reebok gum has bottoms. A really pro- yeah. Re- Reebok has a real problem with the whole color palette. I think thing. I think they just try to get too uh, crazy. Too trying to be too different sometimes. Yeah, yeah which I appreciate. Simple that. is better. It's shades. Almost like you know Stick what? To shades. You should you should almost just make the same almost the same shoe that Nike is doing, so people could look at it and say. Oh, I do like that shoe better yeah, than the Metcon because think, they're almost the same color. Yeah, palette. I don't know how much yeah, shit they would they get, almost, but if, if Reebok just took Nike's I mean, colorways yeah, and put them on their not shoe, not exactly I think copy it, like, but it's like right, the one you have that are gray and, and neon green. It's like yeah, you just make a shoe. Yeah, I always yeah, have to end simple. up making do custom ones, and it's like yeah. yeah, it's great you can do custom ones, but I don't I don't want to be in a situation where I feel like I have to do custom right. to get a friggin' color I want. Right. Yeah. When I went back to Michigan last Christmas, um, my buddy let me borrow his Metcon twos for the week I was there. And I loved those. So that's my comeback on praising Nike. I loved have, the twos. Do you have nano sixes yet? No, but I have the five and I love them. I was going to be my See, next See, I was a big fan of the five also, but the now that I have the six. incredible. I, I don't even look at my fives anymore. Is that yeah. true? I don't even wear them. The heel and the five is the, fucking incredible. The six to me has all the upshots of the five with more comfort. They do look a little it's softer. It's a much more comfortable shoe. They're a little, in my opinion, I think they're a little uglier. They look a little clowny. Oh, I, they look I think they're better looking. I think the sixes look nice. Yeah, it's honestly too. the first Reebok shoe that I've like really thought yeah. looks really cool. So I think do, the five looks good though. The five. See, well, I guess I that's the right. Five the five was looks the best good. looking Nano. Yeah, and the sixes. I had I had it, two pairs of the four. I wish they'd stop launching them so rapidly. Why don't they just call it the Nano? They are doing. Yeah, like, they are. Nike milks them. That's the other problem. Oh, Reebok does. They've only done two in three years. Reebok will bring out an article of clothing or something because I know because Kelly was working up there, so she I'd go up there and whenever you're on like Reebok's campus, you can buy, go to the store, anything, like anything for half off. Yeah. Everything's half off in the store, and it's all the new hotness. Mm-hmm. So they would come out with something. I'd get a, a sweatshirt or a pair of shoes or a pair of socks or something that mm-hmm. I loved. But like, oh man, this is a thing because it, it was their size models were really wacky for a while. I could mm-hmm. not find shorts that would fit me properly. So when I found something of Reebok gear that wasn't shoes, I was really ecstatic about it. And then it's like, they would just, they'd make it for six months and discontinue it or a year and discontinue. It. It's like, why don't you, and they would come off like, here's our whole new pair of shorts. It's like, why don't you just build on the shorts that you had yeah. or keep making those? Yeah. The Austin shorts, the best Kelly made these uh, or got these tights that were like these bright blue tights. And mm-hmm. she's like, I love these things. They're my favorite pair of t- you know, tights. I wear them or leggings or whatever you call them, wear them all the time. And they only made them in one color. 
And then instead of just rolling out the same tights in different yeah, colors, different colors. they just the made new tights. Yeah. Yeah. I like a totally that. different pair of tights. Yeah. Like, well, what about the person that really likes that one pair? Right. And you know who's knocking this out of the park is No Ball. They're I making the same shoe. We talked about this earlier, and I, I, I faulted them for it. Yeah. Because every time they come out with a new color, they're like, oh, it's a brand new shoe. They, they make such a big deal out of it. But I will say, they made a shoe that people liked, and they're just honing it. Yeah. They just came out and said, oh, we're just going to make a new sole. Sole. Yeah. And people got really jazzed up about the sole. It's like, Reebok's trying, just keeps trying to reinvent the wheel. And I, I credit them for that because they're kind of an underdog yeah. in, the, in the arena they're in. They signed this huge deal with, with CrossFit. And having been at Reebok and met some of the people that work there, the designers and everything, it's like you get the sense and appreciation that these people are really, really into what they're doing. And they're, they're doing it every day. I mean, Kelly would be working in this gym and they would just come down and stop her workout and be like, we need you to put these shoes on and do some rope climbs for us or whatever, mm-hmm. and, or do a photo shoot. I mean, they're, that, that's, they're all about it. They built this huge facility out there, like just to do CrossFit in yeah. there, obsessed with it. And I, I appreciate that. So they are, they are forging new territory. And it's like, to be frank, Nike's kind of like the, the, uh, cool. it's the, it's the different, it's well, you're being different. No, it's, it. it's like the, uh, the follow up or whatever. Like they're, they're following the leader because like Reebok's already on nano five and then old Nike comes out and is like, Oh, Metcon 1.0. Yeah. It's like, they're kind of, you know, Reebok's forging this new territory. And like Nike didn't give a crap about it. Yeah. They and then all of a sudden they, they were they like, oh, money Reebok is, is banking on this. And it's their whole career. Like, well, let's, de- let's devote a little bit of resources to it. Yeah. So they got some good athletes to help them. Well, and too. you know, Reebok came out and they're like, we made a shoe out of Kevlar. Like no one's ever done that yeah. before. So they're, they're doing a lot of stuff that no one's ever done, but I still think they need to, re- they need to do better at realizing when they have a great product and then just sit on it for a while and just yeah, kind of I tweak agree. the colors. And yeah. the, I mean, because the fact of the matter is, is if, if CrossFit disappeared tomorrow, Reebok would be done, and Nike would get, move on, live on to see another Reebok day. wouldn't yeah. let's vanish, but they would I take mean, a hit. Nike would be fine. <laughs> CrossFit revitalized yeah. Reebok. No one would take version. a hit. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things yeah. that would take a hit, but... Reebok put everything they had well, into to cross. They did, but they, Reebok they also has it. a lot of other avenues, advertising I mean, avenues, they have like and Shaq things. as an athlete, like, they're like get fine. Reebok, Reebok basket. Noble has kind of put all their eggs in the CrossFit basket by comparison, and they're a much much oh. smaller company. Don't get me well, wrong, but it's it, like, well, was no, what was Noble the, before? Nothing. Yeah, Noble I mean, has but, kind but Reebok, of. But Reebok was around. Reebok tried to make basketball shoes. Yeah, Reebok yeah, was yeah, in yeah. hockey. Reebok was. But I'm in saying like people recognize the brand. Is what I'm saying. Like they've been like people True. that have never heard of CrossFit know about Reebok. Well, is isn't my point. it Adidas True. that owns Reebok? Yes. Yeah. It's a so company. All, my all only point is that like sports. people who don't know about CrossFit don't know about Noble True. at this point. Like yeah, yeah Noble is going to branch out. They're trying they, to branch out into that hipstery like. Totally. And they'll probably do great. But my, my point, my point was just that like if CrossFit disappeared, if you took CrossFit out of the equation right now, I think Reebok would have a much better chance of surviving in Noble. That's yeah. true. Cause, cause Reebok's in the UFC now too, but, but Reebok was on the verge of nothing. Well, they've got classics too, which is a huge, yeah. huge brand. Everyone loves the waffle shoe. Because they, they lost, they lost the NFL contract totally. a few years ago, yeah, which was yeah. huge for them. And well, they were, they're which, hockey which I love still. it. I love yeah, it. They still do, do hockey. the NHL. The they NHL. do. They yeah. have, I don't know how long that'll last. I love that They've they're so involved in CrossFit, though. I, yeah. I, I really dig yeah. that. I like it, too. The noble thing with the shoe that you were saying, um, my girlfriend uh, graduated with one of the owners of Noble, so we talked to him pretty well, Todd, and he uh, pretty often. Industry Todd. Yeah, Industry on Todd. On Instagram. And he industry. was telling us about why they haven't came out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Industry, industry Todd. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I don't know what it means, but I like it. He he's, was in, telling, he's in the industry. Well, yeah, the <laughs> industry. <name's> Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. He goes. He likes to go out on industry night. <laughs> Get discounts. They love the shoe. They're like in love with the shoe, and I think that's why they've milked it so much. They loved. They came out with that that little waterproof dotty material that dirt wipes off of it, and they're yeah. so I think they're gonna milk it as long as they can and just tweak things. Like you were saying, yeah. they just came out with their new sole, and look at people are buying the shit out of these shoes now. They're yeah. coming out. They come out with crazy colors, and they put flowers well, on them. And they do and camo. The, and, and the thing they've done right too is they made another shoe, but they just made another shoe. Like they made that canvas basic trainer mm-hmm. they did the high top too yeah which is the same shoe it's just yeah. high top but I'll tell you point what. being they came off this other one they were like here's our canvas basic trainer and i bought a pair of those and i, I really like them yeah i don't work out in them but i love wearing them with so I jeans think, yeah i wear them with jeans that's just exclusively what i do i don't work out in them at all ever your nobles but, yeah yeah but the thing is they came out with a different shoe they didn't call it the noble 2.0 mm-hmm. and this is one of the problems i think reebok is falling into where they're like they have 
Reebok has some great shoes hidden in their lineup, mm-hmm. and they're just not marketing. Your white well. ones. What are they? The, the trainers or the workouts? Trains, yeah, yeah, and they're the, they're like the TRs. rip-off nano. They look they're just like, like a nano. The six. workout TR or something. Well, and and how much do those shoe. run? Are those uh, uh, like a ninety-nine dollar? You got them for fifty-six bucks, right? Yeah, I think I got them for fifty-six. Wow. I think they normally Which is half the price. I here's, think they normally run for seventy-five or something, yeah. but I got them for like fifty-eight, fifty-six. Well, and here's bucks. what surprised me about Noble when they first, and I don't even remember when they first came on the scene, but it was like fourteen, two years ago. Okay, pretty new. So. I was surprised when I looked up how like their shoes that they were like competing with Reebok and Nike in terms of price. I thought they were going to be like a, to. I thought it Noble. was going to be like an yeah, I thought it was going to be like a $70 shoe yeah, or something Honestly, I got a discount I, code from somebody really? to use on Noble and that's the only reason I ordered my first pair because I did Which not awesome see well, cuz I looked in, I, I did not like, see enough reason to order $120 for that's for that shoe. I'm not now you, so you were telling I see me, that money in the Nano. Right. And when then I order Nano, comes, I'm like, I see where $120 well, goes. So you have a pair of normal Nobles, correct? Workout ones? Yeah. They don't fit you great, though. You said they're a little they're small, a little, tight, a little big. Yeah. But you just ordered a new pair. So now I'm excited to see what you think about one that will fit you good. A, I ordered a half size larger, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you think about when you can actually work out. Because yeah. personally, my two favorite workout shoes I've ever worn are my Nobles. I have the well, Ents trainers. I have a worked out in, the, in my Nobles that I have. I just I have to lace them pretty tightly to keep my foot out oh, of the they're too out big. of the toe. No, they're too small. Oh, okay. So okay. if I lace them up tight, it keeps my foot they're from j- my toes from yeah, jamming yeah. into the yeah. into the end. I have worked out them. They're not bad, but I still prefer the the Reeboks. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I haven't tried the Nike Metcons. Uh, I I resp- you you never well you can't have a pair of Metcons. Oh, Kelly oh, yeah, Kelly could. would be upset. Just wear them when well, she's not around. Could. No bowl is one thing. She won't well, listen to this. Buying a no we'll bowl, ordering a no bowl shoe is my way of saying that she doesn't get me enough Reebok. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and then she got you those sixes. Well, I mean, I I gotta say, I respect that about Noble. That if if that's what they wanted to sell their shoe for, that's what they were gonna sell their shoe for. But I was surprised when I looked it up that yeah. it, it, it was, was too. Well, if you buy looked, the ends, it's one sixty. Well, because I well, wanted to get a pair. When it came out, they looked so simple. I was yeah, like, oh, it's, I was it's interested. Not, it's totally no nonsense. Once you see like, them in person, though, they're so cool. They're, they're so are, different. There's a lot of detail work in there, but but I honestly looked at them. I was like, oh, it's like a nano that doesn't have all like the Kevlar right. bullshit it, in there. And you look it up, and you're like, oh, they're more than a nano. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I couldn't. The material when I saw is the durable, shoe, though. Yeah, when I saw the shoe, I didn't know if I could yeah, see myself working out their in Their new sole looks so promising, but the their original sole is not the, that. The original sole is, is not that special. I love them, but mine ripped just like my. Well, yeah, they're really comfortable. You do a rope climb workout on them, they're trashed. Yeah. The new sole looks great, though. Yeah. We'll see how. And they did the gum sole, which is my favorite mine, sole right now. That's what mine is. I got the gum yeah, sole. I'm so Talk about the gum. Yeah, I'm Talk so excited for the new Noble. Those and the Nano 5s are my favorite. But do you see those new Nanos with the, like, yellow and brown laces yeah you they're showed like, them to me they look like timberland they're like doc uh, martin laces yeah, or doc something martin, timberland yeah. boat shoes. those are sick oh. i have to give it to nike they they brought that gum sole back yeah that awesome brown sole and everybody's doing and it everyone's yeah. doing it now everyone's doing it now what do you know fucking look at, awesome look at nike your gray ones with the brown they're sole. Sick. i wish you didn't have the neon on them they did an all gray Ooh, one I love the neon. those are so cool yeah no so cool I they love, did that with the purple too didn't they didn't they do a gray and purple yeah brian has them right Brian has them with the gum yep. sole with the purple. Yep. They've got, yeah. I think they've got a couple out that have Brian the gum Tyler sole. I pretty much, I yeah. love um, Brian of Brian and Tyler. Brian of Brian Bri- and Tyler. Um, Bryler, we call them. Yeah. I, I love twin brothers. Any, um, any company that comes out with a purple shoe, I'm pretty much a fan of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nike's got a purple shoe. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm just generally so stoked for these Cabernet Nobles. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Tell me when the floral gum trainer gets back in stock. Are you gonna? Jeez. Are you gonna get a pair? Those are so sick. I'm so excited for this uh, noble duffel back I've been waiting for for yeah. six months. I think it isn't it coming. Didn't they tell you it was it's coming? supposed to be on the way? Did he send it to you? Old old Jared Steves. Did he send it to you? Right? Yeah. No, I think he said he was gonna bring he it up here. Forget. Oh, he's oh, gonna no. bring it. I, I mean, I never, I never really lost faith in him, but yeah. He'll do stuff. It'll just take a second. But he's always usually. He, what did man, he say to he me? Never, what did he, he say never, to me? HOA uh, comes up and he, and he gets right in my face. And he he goes, does. He goes. I know you think I forgot, but I never go back on my word. And he butts his head real like, close to mine as he finishes his <laughs> sentence, like I he was trying to forget, freak me yeah. out. He's usually a man of his word. <laughs> I was standing there. I was like, "Whoa, bro." Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's good with that. I know. Tyler was like, "Is he trying to start?" Something? I was like, "No, that's just that's no, just Jerry." Up off my bro like that, dude. You can't run up like that. He's all good. He's good. He's good people. Yeah, he's good. But yeah, I'm excited. I hopefully we'll have some nobles coming in soon, and we'll we'll be able to. Kelly's being Kelly, skeptical. Kelly she comes in with her oversized Reebok shirt. She's mad because Andrew. Kelly, do you want to join the podcast? Are you wearing my shirt? Kelly, do you want sit in with us? No, you like. No, we're done. We're we got. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up right now. 
Kelly right. thinks that, that we don't have anything valued. To, I'm not going to lie. I think that we need to make this a Thursday thing because <laughs> I feel I'm liberated right now. Is that the correct word? I feel, <laughs> I feel insanely are you, good. How, are you obliged or not obliged? <laughs> I am but. not. I am not. I'm going to be I not am, obliged to do this every Thursday. I am not. Ob, I am obliged to doing this every Thursday. I'm, well, so there. Is that correctly? Yes, you used it correctly. So I'm obliged. I wanted to well. say I'm not obliged. Yeah. I feel like obliged means you don't want to. Well, do it. we'll we'll be back with more in obliged. the future about uh, fitness and other things and the meaning of words with Tony. The meaning of words. Um, He's got a lot to And learn. sayings. I want to thank Learned everybody for saying today. taking time out of their day to listen to us ramble. Um, thanks to Tony Spillaney and Tyler Hayda for dropping in with me. This has been another episode of the Gambit Strategy Podcast. Beep, 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 beep.